that was that's where the season came. That's why that's why I said Disney got arrogant because they had such a good run in the late nineties. It was like we can do anything. <laughs> so they literally tried to do anything. And you can too, because <laughs> you're American. Exactly. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of In Hindsight. We're your hosts, Andrea, Brittany, and Jasmine. We review movies and TV shows from our childhood to see if they still hold up, because sometimes things aren't quite the way you remember them. In this week's episode, we are recapping our second season of DCOM Dissections. Ooh, what a journey that we took. This was a um, season of me season of boxes boxes that should never have been opened just a mess and so we're going to get into all of that we're going to talk about key themes we're going to give out some awards some mentions and then give a sneak peek into what we're going to get into next season so to start off with key themes and patterns uh, watching these movies back to back you know we started to notice some real interesting things going on whether intentional or not so let's get into it so our first theme, which is a through line of all Disney, really, is coming of age, self-discovery. So for this one, we had Up, Up, and Away, Rip Girls, Alley Cat Strike, Quince, here and there, uh, Phantom of the Megaplex, and then <laughs> Luck of the Irish, somewhat. And then even we had some parents this time also go on a journey. Um, and Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire and Motocross. So what did y'all think of the coming of age stories this season? It was too much back to back. I get that these are kids' movies and they're supposed to be about coming of age, but I was I was over it. These people are coming of age in a matter of like 24 hours, and <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. I think more can fit in this, uh, but I agree with that's just Disney. So when it's almost every single movie, sometimes it hits, and then the most times it doesn't. <laughs> So I think the most memorable ones are in this list, but I feel like it probably applies to more that were just un like not worthy of remembering. Well, you can argue that they apply to all of them since that's the point of making yeah. a movie for preteens. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. But, but some of them were more successful. Yeah, uh, agreed. I'm also dead at 24 hours. Because real talk, even in Mom's Got a Day with a Vampire, what was the little boy's name? Whatever the brother was who was ready to give up both his, you know, the women in his family. Oh, the sister and the um, mom? Yeah, he, he was like, I've changed. I, I've learned some things. And his sister was like, girl, that was this afternoon. So <laughs> you learned all this, these life lessons mm -hmm. that had nothing to do with anything in a span of a few hours. I can't. <sighs> so... Moving on, we've got parental pressure. So I think this was most apparent in Up, Up, and Away and Alley Cat Strike. But what did y'all think? Are there any others you would add? Kind of Rip Girls a little bit. Maybe, mm -hmm. but maybe that's just my imagination. But that's it. Parents weren't really pressuring kids too much. If anything, kids were pressuring parents this season to do things. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> oh, it was Todd and Alley Cat Strike. Yeah, yeah. Alley Cat Strike was... I understood parents in Up, Up, and Away. Up, Up, and Away was really relatable. They just made, they were just superheroes, but they were just a normal family. 
But there made no sense for Todd's dad to be as obsessed with that dumb trophy as he was. So, Andrea, for Rip Girls, what were you thinking? I mean, her daddy was raggedy, but I guess I was thinking more so just parents putting pressure on their kids to be something. But what were you thinking for that? Well, they were trying to sell the property, right? And they weren't, like, even giving her time to Mm. learn about her mom and where her mom came from. Um, They were just trying to get in and out and, you know. That's fair. Yeah. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. I think you have a stepsister on, stepsister on there too. Then oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. kind of pressuring the kids to get along. Yeah, two day engagement. Very true. Very true. That's good, y'all. Ooh, I forgot how annoyed I was with that raggedy old mama who was quirky because she gave her kids crackers. I said, girl, if you don't get <laughs> it's soup for kidding. breakfast, <laughs> girl, please. Oh, anyway. Um. Okay. I like those. I like those additions. All right. So next we have fish out of water. Um, so here we've got Rip Girls, Ellie Castright, even though it was self-imposed, um, <laughs> the color of friendship, and then stepsister from Planet Weird. You wrote it was their fault for Ellie Castright. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> Looking back, they were the villains. I mean, the thing is, the movies, like the the things that stood out to me. I guess maybe not this theme is not what stood out to me so much out of the 2000s. Like some of these other themes, I think stand out more. Um, I think this is, I, I guess this makes sense. I can't think of any other movies from this season that like go under fish out of water. I guess there's like a level of feeling like a misfit, which I guess is combined. I think Scott felt like that in Up, Up and Away because he didn't have powers yet. But yeah, but um, he was still, that was still his family. He was used he was to being around family. that. Mm, then, yeah, I think that's it. So this theme, re- something that came up a lot in the first season and like in really obvious ways. 13th year. Yeah. <laughs> and, the actual and fish. Johnny Tsunami, right, exactly. Yeah. Like a literal fish out of water for the 13th year. So um, this one, this season, I don't want to give season this season any positive rating. Nothing. Or, but they did this le- a little bit more smoothly, I guess. I guess they learned something from last season, but but it just it was not as not as clumsy as, as the first season. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I didn't even think about comparing the two. I guess so. In some instance, oh yeah, I mean yeah, thirteenth year. Whenever I hear the word fish out of water, that's the first thing I would think of. But yeah, Johnny Tsunami was for me the the best one out of those but uh just the thought of you being taken out of your normal environment and having to you know survive i mean the color friendship though <laughs> that was being plucked out of you know indoctrination and put in the the, the congressional black caucus <laughs> so that was interesting but yeah i don't know i have to think on that one the comparison uh but yeah Alec castro i only put it on there because of the I don't know. It's like Alice was like, oh, I don't want to fit in. And then he could have just done that with his hair. I mean, he had everything he needed. So I don't know. Yeah, them trying to convince us he wasn't popular was dumb, 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 dumb. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, for Alex? Yeah. yeah it was a stretch. True. He had the swoop. Like, what else? Mm-mm. And again, yeah, I think, I mean, they were also making it such a 
big thing. Like, oh, we can't like mainstream music. <laughs> like, okay, y'all, I get it. Um, okay, so the next one, which I feel like was more prominent last season, but mm-hmm. got a bit of processing trauma, grief, or loss. So for this one, uh, Rip Girls and Miracle in Lane 2 come to mind. But would y'all add any or any thoughts on those? I I just, I don't even know if Miracle in Lane 2 should even be in this. Li- I mean, I guess you can say they tried, but this that's not what I, when I think about that movie, I don't think about grief or loss or, the, you know, et cetera. I think Rip Girls did it. Um, what's interesting is some of these other movies could have done it and they didn't like mm-hmm. mom's got a date with a vampire. Cause there was a divorce, right? The mom's mm-hmm. divorced. So that could have been a thing. And there was another movie I was thinking that I'm like forgetting. Oh, stepsister from planet weird. They just completely, the mom was a bubble and she popped and that's it. Everybody moved on the next day. Daddy was so, ready to move on. Yeah. Yeah. He was, I'm like, did you, did you even. Did you, did you love your wife? Like he probably I, popped her actually. Yeah, you know, see that. That would have been a nice backstory. So it's interesting the ones that could have, and not only did they not, but they kind of glossed over it altogether as a detail. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything tops the smart house combo. Oh yeah, no, definitely not. And I put Miracle Lane two here because not necessarily from um, <laughs> what was his name. Justin's Justin, but yeah, I was thinking about Frankie. I was like, no, this is not the character name. Um, you know, uh, his his turmoil about you know what is the purpose of my life, all of that. Uh, subtext was in- more interesting than the entire movie, but I was more so thinking about his brother dealing with the oh. what, he, what he felt would be was a traumatic experience of and his well, brother. Yeah, he was going to therapy, and, right? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about old man Oh, yeah, I forgot him, too. So, we'll see, that's the thing. He should have been the main character. Like, I mean, I, okay, I know it's about a real person, okay. But I feel like his story was more interesting, uh, even though I really wish they had left him alone in that little neighborhood. Yeah. But, yeah, I, that's a good point, Andrea. Him, too. And they just, glo- like, he was like, yeah, you know, now I helped uh, this kid win the derby, and everything's great. Like, I'm living my best life. And it's like, that's not... Um, that's not how you do that. So, <sighs> anywho, okay. So now more uh, the mess of these relationships, and we get on the parents. I feel like every episode. So we'll start with a grandparent, parent, child relationship. So most of these really: uh, Rip Girls, Miracle in Lane Two, Stepsister from Planet Weird, Motocross, whew, Motocross, The Poof Point, and Halloween Two. So w- what do we think about these relationships? Shouldn't mom's well, got a day with a vampire be on here too? Um, what what is your reasoning? What's the story. Yeah. says no. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, just because just because they were in trying to manipulate their mother, trying to convince her that you're a person and you should go out and do dates and whatever the girl said. So that kind of, I guess maybe not. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking once that it was like prominent, but we can add it sort of. I mean, everything has a sort of. Well, we don't have to add it. That's fine. That's the season. It's sort of. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, girl. All right, sorry. I think go ahead. my favorite out of this list was motocross. Wait, no. Oh, no, no, that's for siblings. No, no, no. Okay, for the parent-child. That was rough. Okay, so then my favorite is probably grandparent-child Halloween Town. 
I think that was like the most successful looking grandparent grandchild relationship. Uh, all the rest of them, it was all kind of conflict that either was really frustrating, like motocross, or it was just weird. And it was like, well, I, like this doesn't need to be here, but it's here. I don't know, like the way that they had the daughters and the parents and stuff such a different point of weird. For example, it was like they did stuff that, but we didn't feel, I didn't feel like I necessarily cared as much about these relationships because it didn't seem like they really established it as a thing as opposed to some of these other movies. The poof point, that that was, I don't know. They tried to do something with they the poof tried. point. They, they tried. A, they had a moment. Yeah. And again, that, like we were saying, that's the issue with these. Like, I didn't, like you were saying, I didn't feel emotionally connected to, like, 99.9% of these mm-hmm. people. Whereas last season, I was in it. Like, I might as well have been in the family because, girl, you're not going to talk to Johnny like that. You know, all of that. Like, right. I still remember that stuff. This stuff, I had to really pull out. Like, what happened? Like, what was the point? It was just okay. like surface level plots. Like you said, they could have really gone into the emotional spaces, but they were like, absolutely not. This is not what we do in the 2000, 2001. So, Wait, but I will say, goes, oh, no, no, sorry. Ahead. I was just saying that goes with kind of with the the season of me, right? You can't have mm-hmm. deep relationships with other characters if it's all about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it, girl. That's it. Uh, I will say motocross. I did like the mom and Andy. Oh, true. I forgot about them. I was thinking about the dad. Because he was a dark cloud over all of our lives. For an hour he was. But even though it was a negative thing, I still think that just the whole family in motocross was just like up, up in a way was kind of relatable. Up, up in a way should be on this list. And <clears throat> was oh, kind yeah, of you're right. was relatable, but also realistic. And it's unfortunate, but. That was somebody's ex- actual experience <laughs> that was happening in motocross. So that's the um, word, realistic. <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> Some of these were not realistic, and they didn't make us care. Mm-mm. Yeah, but motocross was a little too real. Like yes. they, they swung too hard the other way. Yeah, <laughs> we were ready to fight. <laughs> so moving from parent-child, we also had siblings. So you just mentioned um, those family motocross, and I did like the sibling relationships there, because um, it could have gone a whole lot of other ways. So I'll add that there. Uh, we also have Miracle in Lane 2, which that fight between Justin and uh, his brother, I was like, mm, this is getting real, Disney, and I don't know. I never, I don't know if I've ever seen a Disney movie where someone wished death upon their sibling. Um, unless it was animated and they were like not human, but <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know. It's interesting. Anyway, we also got Phantom of the Megaplex. Why is this here? Oh yeah, because they try to make it a thing. Uh, Mom's got a date with the vampire and hounded. And then Twas the Night. I think they had an opportunity to talk about the dad, but again, like to Andrea's point, like they weren't gonna do it responsibly and it was focused on Danny, so yeah, missed opportunity. I would have loved to see the the brothers, the dad and the uncle. Um, if, if you want to do a prequel of Twas the Night, I'm into it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't care about any of these movies. They're, they're all clumsy. The only relationship, and this is only because this is a real family, so this is, was Miracle in Lane 2. 
So that was the only one that actually felt like siblings, even though the way they talked to each other was crazy. But again, it was a difficult situation. So uh, other than that, the rest of this was trash. Mom, the boy and mom's got a date with a vampire was. I don't think he learned anything. No. <laughs> Mm-mm. I think he got lucky and will continue to get lucky for the rest of his life. And I don't even remember the siblings that well in Phantom of the Megaplex. Oh, they tried. It does right. They tried, but we were just focused on the Megaplex too much, which is fine. Uh, whatever. I, th- I think, too, I like motocross because they were supportive. But in all the movies, they're always like annoyed by each other, which might just be a thing. I'm an only child. But it was nice to at least see an example of siblings who work together to do something as opposed to just like fighting each other or just being annoyed by your existence. Cause that's both just things so are, but both things are true though. You they are annoyed are, by you are annoyed by their existence. <laughs> but I feel like when they they always make it like, okay, here's the, the younger, annoying sibling and the older, popular sibling or something along those lines. Like it gets to be the same kind of sibling relationship and i feel like that gets old so motocross is really nice to see something different it's like oh you guys can work together oh you guys actually like being around each other wow i hated um the poof point but them them too and because they had to work together to get their parents they back to normal we did see a lot of sibling stuff there which was kind of realistic in that you're commiserating on the stuff that because their parents weren't were neglectful <laughs> so you're 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 dealing with that together but also you're different and you're learning how to you know navigate each other's differences as well and then you're forced to do again character growth in 24 hours it was a literal 24-hour clock this time <laughs> mm, yeah i'm glad you brought that up andre because to go back to parent child Girl, they were looking at the computer at the graduation. I said, now look, y'all, you could at least look up for five minutes. I it's like, okay, I get absent-minded professor, absent-minded, absent-minded uh, scientist is a, a stereotype and trope, but did we really have to do this? Like the one time we have black scientists, they gotta be neglectful of their kids. Uh, I don't know, whatever. Um, but yeah, the siblings, they they tried. I just didn't. They were working together, but they were so annoyed with one another, and then they didn't learn anything. I don't know, and whatever. Um, I will say though, Hounded was—they tried to have dramatic moments between Taj and his older brother. I don't remember his actual character's name, but his whole speech about—well, actually, we'll get to that. <laughs> we talk about America. Uh, but his whole speech and him treating his brother like crap after their father died. They could have really made a story out of that that was, you know, touching. But again, they ruined it and somehow resolved years of of issues in like five minutes. And I didn't really appreciate that. But oh boy, and mom's got a date. He sold his sister down the river for some backstage passes. And I say, you know, this is very reflective of the times we're in. <laughs> this is 20 years ago. So anyway, that's, that's that on that. Um, Brittany, were you going to add? No, nah, but I was, I was just thinking Hounded is another movie where they could have gone. I mean, they talked about the loss, but they didn't do it. It wasn't that great <laughs> the way they did it. <laughs> so that's another movie that could have been better. And that's why it's not even on this list, because they didn't even do it that well. 
at all. So next we've got the evils of capitalism, which we just kept on since last season. This seemed to come up a bit and we did see it uh, here and there. Uh, The ultimate Christmas present and then Phantom of the Megaplex. So any thoughts there? Maybe also Twas the Night. Say more. Um, I'm thinking just because of the dad, I mean, not the dad, the uncle was trying to get rich. And I don't have a fully formed thought, but I feel like it still ties. You have to come back to me. I just feel like it goes on there. Yeah, of course, a Christmas movie is going to be about the evils of capitalism. It always is. Where's the love? That's, that's the moral of every Christmas movie. <laughs> Strange because, you know. Um, okay, so moving on. Well, this season wasn't maybe full of um, emotional, emotionally connected moments, but we did have quite a bit of sexism, misogyny, masculinity, and a little sprinkle of incel culture. So here we've got Stepsister from Planet Weird, Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire, Motocrossed, Hounded, The Poof Point, and Halloween Town 2. How do we feel about this uh, portrayal? Such an interesting topic. Which movie is Incel Light? I, I wasn't sure. I mean, I wasn't sure about the light <laughs> part, but definitely, definitely Calabar carried on his daddy's oh, legacy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, light's not, light's not right. It's just Incel. Yeah, it was rough. It was, I, I think Motocross um, really showed you the misogyny without really giving you a solution for it, which hashtag Disney, but mm-hmm. yes, they painted a picture and that movie was, it was a, an event. <laughs> if you haven't listened to the, any of the episodes, I recommend motocross because it was, there was a lot going on in that movie. You could skip all the other ones, but motocross <laughs> and Jet Jackson, go, go listen to those. <laughs> yeah. They kept hitting you in the face with it. Over and over and over in motocross, no, without a solution. So we were just angry, <laughs> and we just walk away from the movie angry. <laughs> and she still stayed with the dad, so yeah. there's that. Then hounded and mom's got a date with a vampire, and even stepsister, the stepsister from Planet Weird. They're they're all more traditional views of masculinity. They weren't trying to tell you anything was wrong with it. They were just showing you what masculinity was which is not something you should be doing in a kids movie without explaining it but again i keep saying that i'm sorry and then she said hounded which i don't want to think about anymore but here we are um yeah the whole conversation again talking about the father the loss of the father wrapped up in well you're seven years old you're you can't cry and like be sad about your dad dying like you gotta suck it up and like move on (laughs) oh yeah why and the art the art thing too the brother wanted him like art is not a real manly thing to do so you got you should join the military because that's a real man do so i'm like if if we learn nothing else i mean we should know that just masculinity is not, or I'm not even gonna say masculinity, uh, but misogyny and this uh, certain perception of what masculinity means is very oppressive to men. It sucks. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna get into the feminist piece, but it's like y'all can't even just exist and feel and like <laughs> live. There's so many <laughs> rules. Like, how do you wake up in the morning? 
Oh, God. Mm. Sad. Hate to see it. So, well, here we are again with uh, magical people of color. They somehow seem to pop up here and there. And this season, we've got Rip Girls and Miracle in Lane 2. <laughs> what? What was our experience with the the magic this season? I was just gonna say Disney loves to do this as much as they love to have a no like a one parent that's dead in their movies and TV shows. I just remember with Rip Girls that twinkly mysterious ethnic music that came in the background when we met uh, is it Gia's mom? Because mm-hmm. they they were like here we need not only do we need you to see. That this person is 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 magical and mythical, because uh, because their heritage and whatnot. But we also need you to hear it. So here's why we added these little twinklies, in case you didn't know. And oh, that's to be included in all the captions moving forward. Mm-hmm. Whenever yeah. we, twinkly ethnic ethnic twinkly selection. And then the way that they brought that man out in Miracle in Lane Two, making him all. Um, he was the menacing person in the neighborhood. He was the only black person in that neighborhood. And he everyone was scared of him. And he ends up helping uh, the family and not, everybody. Not helping Brittany, being saved by. Right. <laughs> Truly. Oh, brother. What would he have done without the soapbox derby and uh, white people hugging him every five minutes? Ooh, you boy. know what, Brittany, the fact that you just... <laughs> You just said that they literally just did the same thing at Halloween Town, too. I don't know why they put that on there because, like you said, he was the meanest person, and then somehow, uh, he would you know helped and the same thing with Gort. And <laughs> I'm surprised they yep. didn't hire the same person to play the exact same role. Would they say he's the meanest, smelliest? I said, okay, the most rancorous, exactly. Like, really? So, y'all just okay, <laughs> they were paying attention. This is what happens when no one is in the room. <laughs> Gosh. Um, I would like to argue a case for uh, what's her face in the luck of the Irish. And she wasn't necessarily magical, oh. but she was like the person of color kind of framing the life of the main white character. What was her name? Bonnie? I think it was Bonnie. She helped him find out his heritage mm-hmm. and, and be one <laughs> with his identity. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And we never f- figured out what country she came from. Mm-mm. I don't think she ever said it. No. We didn't even see her perform. She just had, you know, an outfit, and that was it. And they say this land is your land, and that was the end. Um, wow. So going right from magical people of color uh, to being just irresponsible with difficult topics. I really could say mostly everything, um, but right now we've got Rip Girls, The Color of Friendship, Miracle in Lane 2, and Stepsister sort of kind of um, at the forefront. But as we've talked, clearly every portion of every movie. Uh, so what do y'all what do y'all have to say about these? Um, the most egregious was The Color of Friendship and Miracle in Lane 2. These, these movies should not have been made. I mean, you could have made, I think like a family friend made a mir- miracle in lane two, but so they, so they had to have approved that. So maybe it's not for me to say it, it, that was irresponsible, but the color of friendship I'm saying is irresponsible. They should never make that movie. It was arrogant of Disney to assume they could handle this. <sighs> it's frustrating. Cause I liked that one when I was, when I was younger. So <laughs> that's, that's why I'm very emotional about it. 
I'm going to say Mario Kun Lane 2 was irresponsible. <laughs> I mean, though, even the way it ended, I mean, it's just, it, it, there's so many things. It's in the episode. Listen to the episode. Um, that movie was a mess. I think it's interesting because I feel like when they try, they're, they're still usually irresponsible with the difficult topics this season. And then when they don't try, they're irresponsible with the topics that they're in the movie that they don't realize or refuse to acknowledge the messages that are also getting sent, even without them trying to, to, to make it a message. So then we have a couple of uh, light ones before we get to what was a strange core <laughs> this season. Um, so healthy eating came up as well, but like healthy in quotation marks, what some person in the writer's room either thought was actually healthy or they were intentionally making a joke that didn't land. Uh, but in the other me, Luck of the Irish, and in Hounded, we have these references, or unfortunately we see uh, these struggle meals that were put together by these mothers. So what were your thoughts there? I mean, it was just the theme for the time, right? I mean, this was the era of, well, I don't know if that's true, because I think they were, there was like another time period around the early 90s where people were starving themselves. But I think people were trying to get a handle on not being so reliant on fast food because in the 80s and 90s, that's what everybody ate <laughs> was fast food. And there wasn't a lot of information back then. And I'm not entirely sure it's anyone's fault, but healthy eating had become synonymous with flavorless food. So any food that was made by a person of color couldn't be healthy, <laughs> basically. And you had to be eating lettuce cubes. And <laughs> I want a lettuce cube. <laughs> And we the little thing, regreed, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it wasn't really healthy. And that's that's unfortunate because a lot of people starve themselves. And I have a lot, a lot of issues now because of well, the way things were back then. But I'm not sure you can really blame people for that, necessarily. I should blame people. I was going to say, it always, always ties back to white supremacy, everything. Um, look at the Irish where it was like, Mom was cooking. What was she making in the very beginning? She had. Oh, I don't know. It was, was like a huge is. salad and something else. Yeah. But then it was like a comparison with like, oh, this ethnic food. And she was. Yeah. Nah. She had spaghetti and a little spaghetti noodles with croutons in there. And he talked about, oh, are we Italian? I said, now, now, sir, <laughs> this is a mess. And then uh, the other was the other me. They had the other tree me. Bark she and... was weird. Yeah, yeah. They're like eating grass and stuff. Like, girl from the communal plate. I said, okay, y'all are just. It is not like oh, we just we had a simple salad or we are drinking water. It's just like to the extreme. It's just like girl, what are we even? Why? I don't know. They just and then they made a point to point out the. Uh, tofu meal i guess that uh taj Mobley's mom made and hounded which then he let the dog eat all of the food which was a strange choice uh anyway. stop stop saying things about that movie stop and make me remember <laughs> well it's the recap girl if we had to suffer through it our listeners will as well <laughs> oh gosh yeah i think it all ties to like how we bring up the whole like body issues and What's mm -hmm. the ideal beauty standard? We saw that a lot in the in the last season. Mm -hmm. But I remember it coming up in this season too, but I can't really remember which movies except for 
Phantom of the Megaplex when when the blonde skinny girl was like the cute. Everyone wanted her. She had like one line. What was her name? I don't remember. But stuff like that we see repeated in the movies, which I feel like connects to this idea of like you got to eat tree bark and, and sprouts or else you're unhealthy. Well, at, to your point there, that does remind me of Stepsister. We talked about it because, I mean, it was a whole like I'm an alien. I don't eat food. But it's like if you're looking at it on the surface, like I don't I only eat root beer or I only drink root beer and I don't eat food because I'm grotesque and I'm a sack of flesh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good point. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. That was really bad. Truly. Um, oh, yikes. And then, yeah, the whole thing about Brittany, what you're saying, like, she was the special one in the school and uh, the Black best friend idolized her. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing at Audrey's face. Uh, okay, and then, honestly, these two can kind of go together-ish. So, boot camp, uh, this was a time, or this was punishment. Uh, so, in the other me and Hounded, this was part of the plot for whatever reason. So, any <laughs> any thoughts on those two and how they brought that into the this is the story? I think John said it best in the other me. It was there a reason why it was why we jumped straight to boot camp and not like why not a math camp or <laughs> or a Spanish tutor or something. <laughs> It was it was it was extreme for us no reason, but I think that was also something that was popular back then, boot camp, sending your kids to boot camp. So mm. it was it was the time, but still I that was weird. But hounded it made sense because the brother was in the military. So for that to keep coming up is fine. It was just the weird and the other me. Did we were there I'm trying to think back. Did we see any women? I mean, I know that the brochure no. in the other in the other me had two dudes no. on it. Was, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, thinking back now that the pamphlet is flashing in my mind, that was a cheap pamphlet. Somebody made it Microsoft Word. It was awful. But uh and hounded, yeah, I don't remember seeing any women out there. And I'm like, okay, so this, I'm just tying it back to our masculinity conversation. Uh, so here we are at the the end of the rainbow, uh, so to speak, because that's what they were searching for in Luck of the Irish. Uh, and uh, if it's raining outside and you want to see a rainbow, all you have to do is talk about your love of America and the rain will go away. And so we saw that often. And the America is great propaganda <laughs> that was this season. So, Heavy season. Heavy, intense, as aggressive as the swing music in Alicat Strike. So we had this whole thing about potato chips um, tying to American culture. We had a stepsister from Planet Weird, The Luck of the Irish, The Color of Friendship, Miracle in Lane 2, Xenon, the Zequel even pulled in military and patriotism and then hounded. Um, and just to start us off with this quote from uh, Luck of the Irish, we're Americans. That's all the heritage we need. So what are y'all's thoughts on how this <laughs> was interwoven into these Z-coms? It was too much. What happened? Not not a serious, that's a hypothetical, but my goodness, like, we are just, it's a brainwashing that they were trying to do for us uh, with 2001. Ten-year-olds, 
like when I saw Look at the Irish again, the way I did not remember that that was such a heavy focus of the movie, I just remembered them running around. It's awful. It is, especially for black kids, because you have to reconcile real quick that that's not the truth. Mm-hmm. What you're seeing on TV and what people are telling you is not what you're experiencing. And people make you feel crazy when <laughs> your experiences don't match what they tell you is happening. <laughs> and you have to learn that stuff so early. Like, you're 10 years old watching this movie, but then the next year you have your, like, first real racist experience. <laughs> you have to deal with that. <laughs> and that's if you're lucky and were, I was sheltered. Some kids aren't sheltered and got to deal with that stuff earlier than me. It's just, it's crazy. <laughs> Um, I think the potato chip thing kept coming up because America, if, if you're trying to say America is great, you got to define some kind of culture, which things about America makes America great. So the melting pot thing keeps coming up and the potato chip thing keeps coming up too. And I think that was just them trying to say, well, we all eat potato chips because we're all American. And I was uh, just showing you how dumb all of that was. <laughs> That's all that you could come up with <laughs> with these potato chips. <laughs> I mean, potato chips saved us from the evil bubble emperor, Zvad. So <laughs> it's a defining piece. And of course, you know, the potato chips were, um, what was his name in Luck of the Irish? But I want to say Bobby. That ain't Bob? It. Was Ryan, it Bob? Riley was O'Reilly? Mar- no, the Ryan Merriman. What was his name? Sean? Kevin? Justin? Mm. Nah, that was a different <laughs> movie. Peter? Zach. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Honestly, it could be any of those. I really want us to just keep going until we figure out. But um uh, Kyle. Kyle. His name is Kyle. Oh, uh, that's Kyle. <laughs> the, but we've we've watched too many at this point. Everyone's boring together. But you know, the potato chips were their way of achieving the American dream in the luck of the Irish. So it's just like <laughs> oh, oh capitalism. God. Exactly. Put that on there. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, that definitely should have uh, been in there. And speaking of, okay, so I I know I said in the in the review that the American dream is a myth, and then we went back and forth about that. I think like it's so far like okay, I get it. It's a set of ideals that sound very nice on paper, and that's cute and all that. But it's so far from our reality that for me it is a fable. And so <laughs> hearing the like go go hard about this American dream and you can do anything you put your mind to and everybody has an equal chance. It's just like, come on now, y'all. And of course, you know, like you're saying, at, at 10, 9, 10, 11, I'm not taking in all of this. I'm just like, oh, there's leprechauns. Mm-hmm. But, you know, all of that is still seeping into your mind. So when I look back on certain things, I'm like, hmm, how, you know, just how much was I... um influenced by these movies in the way that I used to think versus like where I am now so it's just it's unfortunate and watching them back to back it was a lot it was was painful it was was painful like all like all in one year Mm -hmm. and not only all in one year but the same year of of 9-11 right it's just like this before 9-11 before 9-11 all the it's just like this is they had to be intentional with this but like it was just entirely too much. And not only that, but it was also hitting you on the head that if you're if you're not white, you don't belong while trying to say that was look at the Irish, but like trying to say you don't belong, but also you can be anything and everyone's American. Here, take a potato chip. 
order to be American, you have to suppress everything else about yourself. You must assimilate. And mm-hmm. if you're not careful, your culture will spring out. Yeah. From Don't be any different. <laughs> it's it's like, dangerous. Oh, my gosh. I don't know, Brittany. I'm with you. The daddy and look of the Irish, he was about to maim everyone who, <laughs> who did not I, think that they were just from Cleveland. <laughs> I have him on one of these lists for, I don't know if it was villain or, I don't know. I have him on one of these lists. <laughs> Because that funny. man was for sure had some bodies buried in the in the basement. Talk about gatekeeping, yikes! Even I mean, they had a literal gatekeeper in the in the potato chip factory, and he was oh, ready yeah. to throw them out. So <laughs> I'm just like, that's why I'm like, on one hand, when you think about all these movies, it's like, what were they thinking this season? No plot. The the plots were thin. The dialogue was real strange. Uh, but then on another point, it's like y'all knew. You had to. There's no way this happened. It was intentional. Yeah. The back to back to back. Y'all focused on what you wanted to. But I think there was there's probably like a set of rules because there were a Uh lot of things in the 90s that I was like, oh, my God, they did that. And that just did not happen in the 2000s. I think that Uh you had some themes you had to stick in, some things you had to avoid. And then you could color that in the way you want it to per plot or lack thereof. And that was that's where the season came. That's why that's why I said Disney got arrogant because they had such a good run in the late 90s. It was like, we can do anything. <laughs> so they literally tried to do anything. And you can too because <laughs> right. you're American. And Andrea, they colored that in with the color of friendship. <laughs> they did. They literally jumped out the gate with the color of friendship. <laughs> they really, I'm still irritated by that. I really used to love that movie. And, you know, I mean, shout out to... um. Roz Dellums, okay, she was one of the writers for it, and I, I know she had the best of intentions. Uh, but yeah, it, I feel like it should have just been on another network. Like, you can't really tell the, the real story on the Disney Channel. Um, I think we said it on the episode, but I, if we wanted to like make a mini series about that on HBO, mm-hmm. I would be into that. Yeah, might as well be making a mini series of everything. At this yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I like that. We need a, we need a redo. Oof. All right, I, I, wait, wait, I have one more thing. <laughs> I just wanted to say to an- answer your question about how much of it, how much of it seeped in, Jasmine, all of it, because we're all dealing with the ramifications of that American dream nonsense with student loans and jobs that we that don't pay us enough to live in the world, <laughs> and then old Girl. people getting mad at us for not spending money the way they want us to because <laughs> because we don't have any. So yeah, we're we're dealing with we all thought we would go to college and everything would be fine. And, and we're, and literally the world collapsed like three times since then. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're, we're all <laughs> in therapy over that right now. <laughs> True. Thanks. Luck of the Irish. Thank You're you. Right. <laughs> uh, well, that was a riveting uh, journey that we took this season. And there are even more lessons that we learned. So I'm going to turn it over to Andrea for the next section. Jasmine needs a reward for, for squeezing stuff out of these movies for this section. <laughs> yes, yes. Here, here. Because she came up with some stuff. Because I think I wrote one thing on this list and she came up with something for every movie. So applause for Jasmine. But out of the all of them, there were five that stood out to me the most. And the first one, this one came from Miracle in Lane 2, but I think applies to all of them. Disney, you do not have the range. <laughs> Please stop. Mm. 
Please put it stop. on a billboard. <laughs> Call the authorities. Bumper sticker. Uh, number two is this one was just funny to me. Was uh, cleaning up candy with a hockey stick is a way to popularity. Um, because that was a moment where I was kind of done with the movie and it was irresponsible. And yeah, any comments, thoughts on that? No. Just why? <laughs> All right. The next one is um the poof point. Your parents were teenagers once. They tried. This could have been good. To mm-hmm. I think it's important for kids to be able to relate to their parents because, you know, realizing that your parents are just people makes their decisions that they made easier to understand and they become less of your enemy and more of your ally and stuff like that. So they tried. It didn't work, but it got lost in the the poofing. But whatever. Thoughts? I, just, I, I was excited to see Black people doing stands, which we talked a lot about. We even got into a heated debate in, on math in that. <laughs> um, but I just feel like 17 again is the best one. Just let it go. And not that 17 again. I'm talking about 17 again with Tia and Tamara mm-hmm. Mori. I don't know. I don't recognize that other one yeah. that they tried to do. The audacity. Um, again, okay. Oh, sorry. I would just say again, they be trying it and they don't need to. Don't yep. have the range. Right back up to that top one. Right back up to that, that top one. Um, the ultimate Christmas present and twas the night. If you steal something, but return it later, you won't face any consequences. I would like to add if you're white. <laughs> Girl. Yeah, straight. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was a hot mess. I'm sorry. Allie was the worst. I just, wow. And they said that she's a free spirit. I said, girl, after all that, you done ruined everyone's lives. You almost killed your mom, your best friend's mama, like. Mm-hmm. And your dad. And your dad. Because <laughs> you didn't want to write a paper, girl. Didn't want to write face. a paper. And you didn't even find the thing. You and you went into Santa's garbage can mm-hmm. to get the machine. Because you thought it was cool. Not for any other reason. You didn't. She didn't steal it because she was trying to get out of the paper. She just stole right. it because she's a free spirit. <laughs> Girl. Mm-hmm. Her, her, and the uncle. Now, see, I, I would have seen that if, if uh, Uncle Nick had been her uncle, I would have been like, okay, I'm, I hear, I see what's happening because they were, they must have been extended family because it was a mess. Yeah, that I would have liked to see that too. Now, now my brain's doing. Anyway, okay, next. <laughs> we gotta rewrite one. all these movies. <laughs> Last one is from Alley Cag Strike. If you have some be- some beef with someone, take it to the alley. Which you know, early two thousands, everybody's bowling. Thoughts? The way this would not work in real life, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> the fact that they actually said this at the end of the movie, I said, you know, that don't mean what you think it means, but that's fun. that's cute. All right. So this season, another thing we had to squeeze was strong black leads. <laughs> there were whole movies without people of color <laughs> this season. <laughs> um, but they did start off with Up, Up, and Away. I think this was the first movie that came out in 2000. And this was actually a good movie. So everyone, the, the whole family. Rip Girls didn't have any black people, but there were people of color. So we can forgive them for that because they were telling us someone else's story. Um, Ali Castray had a lot of black people. I This was something I didn't remember. You guys might have remembered this, but I didn't remember Todd being such a big part of that movie and basically being the star of the movie. But the first name Jasmine wrote here was Ken. (laughs) That's my guy. That's my guy. He he feels I resonate. What he was saying. 
And then shout out to the lady who owned the diner, Nancy. So Ali Ketchstrike had some to people. All right. The color of friendship was the whole family. Their one friend, their one African friend from Africa, the country. And um, <laughs> and uh, the only person that wasn't was Mari, obviously. But that was the point of the movie. Thoughts? Nothing? Okay. I just, I will never. I, Brittany, gotta make the gif. The gif. Of her coming into the caucus. Oh, <laughs> because that those reactions had me screaming. <laughs> the way that they panned on every single person's <laughs> face in that room. Yeah, oh. listeners, if you make it, um, tag us. Yeah, please send it. Um, please, somebody make it. Please help me. <laughs> I, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> Girl, you're our only hope. <laughs> you know more than we do. Uh, Miracle Lane 2, Old Man Vic, poor Old Man Vic, poor mm. Old Man Vic. And oh, yeah, the boy playing chess that beat Justin. He thought he was just going to go in there, <laughs> cheat, mind you, cheat, because he was older than those kids. And the little boy beat him. So that was cool. Oh, Sam, we didn't have no one to root for, really, Mm-mm. except for three people. Dang. Um, Seth was super played it weir- weird. It was a horror. They could have left her out. She did not need to be in this movie, but. Um, the main girl's best friend, the one who wasn't grotesque, <laughs> her best friend, Evil Me- Megan Larson, that was her name. <laughs> Quince, another best friend with no story, but this was our girl, Shadia from The Color of Friendship, and Xenon the Zequel. Any thoughts on her? No? Okay. Uh, another best friend with no backstory is Chucky from The Other Me. He was actually a good character. I liked him. He was sweet, um, and Will did not deserve him, as he did no. not deserve anything. <laughs> It was very confusing why Chucky uh, persisted in this friendship with, with that kid. Agree. It made no sense. Um, Mom's got a date with vampire had no black people. And that's I okay with me. I don't think there was any people of color either. But yeah, zero. <laughs> they wouldn't have done it well at all. <laughs> <laughs> we we did not need to be there. No, not not one bit. Okay. Uh, Phantom of the Megaflex, uh, the annoying loud friend, the girl's friend, the one who did does dares. I do dares. And the boy who worked at the theater who they panned over. <laughs> when I tell you, we look in every crevice of the screen <laughs> to find these leads. It is yeah. a struggle. And it's, it's a shame we have to scope so deeply. If your cousin was that guy in the Phantom of Megaplex <laughs> in 2000, tell we want him on here, please. Um, the ultimate Christmas present. And that's close for all the black people. Um, we had, oh yeah, the black mom telling the kid off because the kid was telling stories. Um, she was one of the bad alleys. And um, the black postal worker, strong black lady, out there delivering in that snow in L.A., uh, motocross, Aloma Wright and Mark Curry. These were actual, Aloma Wright actually was a strong black lead. Like, she saved the mm-hmm. day at the end. Yay! And Mark Curry was just running around taking people's names, but he was in there. I also would like to, because I can't imagine this is a safe space. The motocrossing field is a safe space for black people. So <laughs> I, That's why I'm like, I wanted the backstory, because how did y'all get here in this the whole uh, president? This, exactly. I'm like, mm, okay. And also, there, I meant to put, there was a black post worker in the other me, because she delivered the Sea Monkeys kit. I forgot. To oh, really? I don't, I don't remember that. But I was not interested in the other me, so I don't remember a lot about <laughs> it. 
All right, the luck of the Irish. We had Russell, which was the best friend, who they tried to do things with a little bit better than they did with the other me and uh, stepsister for Planet Weird, and Lady working at the fair, who was who was. <laughs> <laughs> I remember very well because she she was like when the grandfather disappeared, she was looking around like like really serious. Like she played her part. She was in there. Again, if you want to come on, let us know. Um, seen on the sequel, Nebula. So this is an actual best friend with actual story, even though we didn't like it. <laughs> and her mom, but she had a dad in the first one. We don't we don't know what happened there. <laughs> um, you want to hear our thoughts about the switching? Listen to the episode um hounded so the family was black and hounded this was actually one with a black family uh but that was only because Taj Mahari was in it and he was already famous at the time and it was a horrible movie but anybody <laughs> comments okay moving on Jet Jackson this was our movie <laughs> this is our collective husband every black girl born between 1989 and 93 <laughs> It's a famous uh, Jet Jackson. Shout out, peace to all that stuff. So him, his family, an actual a divorced family with a working relationship. I was okay with that. Nigel, I forgot about Nigel too. Nigel was um was fun because he was British. Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> I told you this is British. another one Jasmine squeezed out because there was a black guy in the in the football group that was gonna beat up Jet for quitting the show which was a whole thing oh god <laughs> poor thing and andre thanks for bringing that we i missed that one we were doing the family relationships because yeah to your point it was nice to see like them co-parenting and being civil and everybody getting together and just having the what this great grandmother so i don't know yeah. i just love that um jumping ship there were there was a person of color um the evil guy was asian but no black people. Um, the poof point, the family was black and absolutely nobody else. <laughs> 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 this was one where, you know, they wrote this without race in mind and they just got Taj Mari in it. So they had to make the family black. That was, that I was hope cute. they did. Cause if they went into it intentionally and talk about eviction, we got a problem. <laughs> That's true. You're right. That well, is listen true. to the episode. Yeah. Halloween Town 2. There was a man juggling when they were in Halloween Town, which was Halloween Town, the set, and not St. Or- Helens, Oregon, like it was the first time. And Gort, we talked about Gort earlier, um, him being basically the Halloween Town version of Old Man Vic. Ugliest, smelliest, meanest. Again, I hope they wrote that without thinking they were going to cast a black guy. But they, I know they saw this black guy. I was like, that's the ugliest, smelliest, meanest. Oh, my gosh. I just... <laughs> Just to comment on the man juggling. I know we went in last season on the budget and uh, the um, variability in the costumes <laughs> in Halloween Town, but it just made me laugh because it's like everybody's supposed to be a creature, but then people just had face paint mm-hmm. and that was enough. And I say, you know, childhood at its finest. Yeah. We apparently didn't inquire. I think the costumes at the party were more intense than the costumes in Halloween Town. <laughs> Agree. <laughs> All right. And Twas and I had no people. Do you have people of color? No black people, but were any people of color? Not that oh, I remember. The, the, of course, this guy was. Oh, you? no, not the gang yeah. in the hood. Oh. The, yeah. oh, you're so right. Yeah. The, when Santa no. goes to the, the, the urban. The, <laughs> I, he meets the yes. youth. 
in the streets. I forgot about that. Oh, dang. Well, I, I think there was a black guy in there. Oh. And I, I think the main guy mind. was um, Latino. So, yeah. Clean and also, the, the two white guys had the bodyguard who was Asian. So, yeah. Irresponsible use of people of color in Twas the Night. Leave us out of those stories, please. Thank you. Wait, that happened in uh, Mom's Got a Date, too. The bouncer at the club was Asian. What is was, going was on? Was he? Oh, yes. yeah. Because he yeah. was like, uh, you mean for such and such? Yeah, I'll kick him out. And I was like, okay, it's a lot going on. <laughs> was he Asian? I don't know if he was <laughs> yeah. Asian. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, now it's time for some awards. So we got best, worst, and favorites. I'm sure there's a lot of worst on this list. Uh, but let's start with the best, worst, and favorite plot or storyline. Oh, okay, so best was Motocross and Up, Up, and Away for me. Best plot or storyline. Um, the worst were Hound and Quince because there was no plot or storyline. And my favorites were Motocross and Judd Jackson. Okay, my best up, up, and away. If y'all have been listening, you know how hard I ride for this movie. Disney, it's a shame that it was so short. I hope that you feel the weight of your miserable choices even now. Uh, worst had to be Quince, Miracle in Lane 2, and Luck of the Irish. I had to put that on there. That movie was just terrible. It was just insufferable. And then favorites, again, up, up, and away, Jet Jackson, the two best movies featuring black people so no surprises there so for me i would say the best were motocross up up and away jet jackson and alley cats um i gave rip girls an honorable mention because i feel like they had the pieces but they just uh, i don't know they didn't put them together um, right <laughs> no and there were certain scenes and i was like oh okay we're getting somewhere it, overall just sad uh worst hounded in all caps for sure and i agree with y'all definitely on Quince and Local Irish. And then favorite, Motocross, Up, Up, and Away, and Chad Jackson. All right. Next up, a topic we love to discuss because Disney loves to give us terrible examples. Uh, the best and worst parents and uh, family slash guardians. Piper's parents uh, from Color of Friendship were actual working, functioning parents that we saw working and functioning. And um, Mom's Got a Day with a Vampire. I just liked her story and journey, so... The worst parents with sepsis from Planet Weird. Um, we talked about the mom pressuring the daughter in really bad ways earlier, and I did not like that. The rest of them are forgettable and we're barely there. So, <laughs> okay, mine all the black parents, unfortunately, minus the poof point. I mean, they weren't terrible parents. It's just the story wasn't great, so it was hard to. Well, you know what? They actually weren't great at paying attention to their kids. So I'll keep what I said. And then worst, I put a lot of people. So I got the luck of the Irish dad because I, again, am convinced that there are bodies in that basement because he just, he was too threatening with his lines. Um, the mom from Halloween Town too, because she learned nothing. She had a whole year. She didn't learn a thing about all the mistakes she made in the last movie. The dad from Rip Girl. And then also the dad from Jumping Ship because he enabled his son and then wanted to get mad that his son uh, didn't get a job <laughs> and like used him and the money. So maybe you should have thought about your choices in life, sir, before you get mad at your son. Cause, cause you did that. 
I agree with all of that. Um, so for me, the best ones were Aunt Judy, who I feel on like a, a very, you know, adulting level, uh, equal level of adulting. Uh, Mom's Got a Day with the Vampire, uh, Scott's Parents, Up, Up, and Away, um, Alex's Dad from Alicats, even though he was a <laughs> part plot device slash message but you know it's fine and then uh piper's parents i don't know if we really went into that in the review but i just really loved their relationship and all the scenes that they had together they were everything uh it almost helped me forget about lomari um the worst parents i mean honestly i could go through every movie and pull them out and i should write a dissertation on this but I agree. I forgot about Stepsister from Planet Weird when I put this together, but I definitely agree on that one. Uh, Sydney's dad from Rip Girls, just irresponsible. Uh, the dad from Motocross, Avi. Um, the, the white parents from The Poof Point. Uh, the dad from The Luck of the Irish, who loved being from Cleveland. The dad from Miracle in Lane 2, because, I, I mean, you just had to listen to the episode, because that conversation they had in the garage where he tried to justify his not going to the game and just being uh, neglectful in general. Anyway, and then honorable mention is Zena's parents for not believing her when the previous year they almost died because they didn't believe her. So, okay, girl. Ooh, those are all good. All good. Okay, next up is most memorable character. And so this is interesting because some of these we agree and some of these are different. So I'm kind of curious why we picked what we picked. Um, yeah, Piper and Mari... Uh, cause I'm, I'm not necessarily picking favorite characters. I'm picking the characters that when I did this are ones that came to my mind first. So Piper and Mari, Todd and Alex, um, Gia and Gia's mom, up, up and away family, and then Jet. So Aggie Cromwell did not make this list. <laughs> she, she had a couple of moments all the way down too, but she was one of the best characters we saw first season and is not on my memorable, char- memorable characters list this season. Mm, that speaks to uh, the difference between Halloween Town 1 and 2. So I got Old Girl from Planet Zirconian, Cutter. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, but I just, he wasn't a great character, but I, I'm not going to forget him. And I will be reminded of Cutter anytime I see a character in a movie who is just, <laughs> okay, um, Jet. For all the great reasons, Piper and Mari, that's my list, sadly. It's a lot of people that didn't make it, but that's what stood out for me. And I'm sad that Cutter was one of the people. Um, So for my list, uh, yeah, to Andrea's point, yeah, they really wasted Debbie Reynolds' time with Halloween Town 2. And like you said, these are not my faves, but just ones that I remember. Uh, So Todd and Ken are my faves, though. When I tell you I was standing for Ken every time he opened his mouth, I said, yes, tell them. Absolutely. And Todd, I mean, who doesn't like Robert Richard, especially back in the day? Um, Big Lou was having some sort of uh, medical event every five minutes while uh, (laughs) narrating the the bowling, and I was here for it. he said his spleen had ruptured during the the championship. I said, okay, I don't know why you're still here. Uh, Jimmy from motocross was struggling with those glasses and his whole aura, (laughs) his his accent was a mess. Protozoa, I mean, iconic, even though his career did fall off 
this season and in the second movie. Uh, Jet, of course, because it's the famous Jet Jackson, okay? Uh, Van Helsing, watching him slink around the grocery store and be the worst vampire hunter ever when he got knocked out by the by first by the door then did he fall into a piano in slow-mo it was that was wild that was one of the funniest scenes from this season (laughs) because how how ridiculous it was so yeah definitely and then uh, i forgot to write it down but definitely the steel condor is my my favorite uh superhero for this season wonderful okay next up the best and our favorite villain so again, not necessarily favorite, just ones that I remembered because either thought they were funny or thought they were dedicated to their evilness. The up up and away villain, because he like blew up whole building with a person inside. He was he was dedicated. I I cannot take that away from him. The Phantom, just because even though I didn't like this movie, they tried to do something and it was I thought it was funny. A lot of the the, the Phantom was like overacting, and I I got a kick out of that. And then I liked the vampire from Moms. It was. He was being a real vampire. He had superpowers and stuff, so. Okay, I put the parents from The Luck of the Irish. Probably mostly just the dad. Because, again, like I said, I don't trust this man. And I know, I know he's out here, like, taking out people left and right that don't serve his agenda and maybe will compromise him wanting to be regular old Bob so-and-so from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, I should also add an honorable mention for the the white family next door in the poof point who thought the black people were ruining the neighborhood and corrupting all the children and were unfit parents. They let their kids run wild. They were villains. Definitely. Oh, yeah. I agree. So, yeah, I had them on my list as well. And then definitely the dad from Luck of the Irish, who didn't he change his name from James Smith to John Smith or something stupid? Yeah, it was like it's Bob Smith alias. to Bob Johnson. It was like, <laughs> yeah. okay, sir. Okay, girl. <sighs> um, beyond that, I think Allie from the Ultimate Christmas Present was definitely the villain of her movie, um, Justice for Brenda Song's character. Um, other villains this season, obviously Apartheid, um, The Corporate Ladder, uh, the writing in all these movies were the villains for us. Um, and then just all these, I mean, the villains always in a version to change, which can really give you an interesting story, but everyone fumbled this season, except for a few. What a mess. Okay. So in line with the best villain, we got best or worst <laughs> revenge, sabotage or attempted murder. Cause nobody, nobody is just imitating Val. So let's see what we got here. Yeah, that's why I said they had a rule book. They had things they weren't allowed to do this season because there wasn't a ton of attempted murder. Last season, there was a ton of attempted murder. <laughs> um, but my favorite sabotage was Phantom. Um, he had a plan. He executed the plan. It didn't work out, unfortunately. But again, didn't like this movie. So that tells you a lot about the season. And then the up, up, and away villain again for blowing up the building. Um, the worst were Cal. I didn't understand his motivations. And the agent in Quince, I, he was evil and had no reason. Again, didn't understand his motivations. Okay, so I think Up, Up, and Away, again, was the closest to the successful villain for the whole year. And I'm going to say Phantom of the Metroplex. He tried it. It was a complex plan, but I give him points for creativity because I did like that the movies matched the mayhem. That was nice. Now, there might have been an easier way to go about this, but that's okay. <laughs> 
And Cal is the worst villain because, oh no, baby, what is you doing with this plan? I don't understand your goals. I don't understand your in game. You're explaining it to me, and I'm lost. I'm lost. So I can't even support you in the villain in the villainry because it doesn't make sense. It it absolutely did not. And I'm gonna just start off with the worst uh, since you since you ended there because yeah, Cal trying to avenge his daddy's death while also going on a date and coming pulling his face out of concrete in various fireplaces. I said, girl, just hang it up. Just hang it up because he was defeated. By Marnie grabbing a book out of his hand and he dusted away or whatever. I was just like, what is this? What is this? It was that simple. That's was, all she had to do. It was terrible. Uh, so, yeah, definitely Cal was the worst. Um, at least Calabar tried. I don't know. Uh, even though he was flimsy as well. Um, the pirates trying to kill the Lawrence brothers. It was just like, honestly, I get that he was a scorer, but after 10 days, I'm moving on. I don't have the time or the energy for that. Um, Just I get was scored to end the scores. It was, it was their last job. <laughs> no, you can't put all your eggs in one basket or one Lawrence family. So, mm, struggle. Um, for me, the best, I, I agree about uh, the building in Up, Up, and Away, even though I feel like he could have used a bit, a little, a few more explosives. Uh, he started a few little fires, but if he wanted to blow up that building, he should have just gone all the way, okay? We, I wanted more murder this season, and we did not get it. Um, fa- the Phantom thing, that was so funny. I'm sorry, him trying to stab that inflated dinosaur and riding it down to the <laughs> I said okay <laughs> y'all are doing too much um and then I felt like the most realistic one was Renee trying to knock Andy out in that final race in motocross that was one I was most like invested in like oh he could actually like you know mess up you know mess her up for life so and he was the dad dad should have gone on my villain list and Ooh, Renee should have right. gone on the villain list yes Agreed. The dad and Renee should be on this list. Yes. <laughs> I shall third that. For sure. Okay. So now the best fashions and or hair from 2001. All right. My, I don't, I'm not a fashion person. So I just got to go with what I like the best. And I liked the seventies clothes. So Piper from the color of friendship and then best hair was really shoddy on all the movies. We saw her quite a bit this season. Um, she was wearing her natural hair, and she had butterfly clips on a couple of times. Long live butterfly clips. Alex in the swoop. There was no swoop this season. We're in the early 2000s. The people doing that spiky crap. Not into it. Um, and and that's it. Okay, I'm a co-sign because the only thing, and y'all know I didn't like when I was a kid. I didn't like Alley Cat Strike. But the only thing I remember from Alley Cat Strike is the swoopy hair. I loved me some swoops, and they did not give me any swoops. Minus Alex, so he's is my favorite, the swoopy Alex hair. And then the fashion, Xenon Nebula, because as a kid, I wanted to always wear those clothes. And as an adult, 20 years later, I still want to wear the clothes. So that's my favorite. Agreed. Fashion icons. Um, and, you know, this season we saw how fashion can help in systems of oppression. So it was extra special. Uh, so, yeah, definitely Piper, definitely Xenon and Nebula. Um for me, the worst fashions, those up, up, and away costumes. When he strolled in in that cropped blazer, I said, no, sir, turn around and try what, it again. Say it again, Jasmine. Say what they look like again. 
No, you gotta listen to the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to the episode, okay, to find out what (laughs) what we really thought of those costumes. Um, For best hair, agreed, definitely uh, Nebula. She was serving. Uh, Shadi Simmons was serving, even in Quince. Uh, that was one of the better parts of the movie, I would argue. Xenon loved her, her her bob that she was sporting, you know, because she's 15 now and grown. Um, and then, yeah, Piper as well. Uh, the worst, oh, I meant to say also the worst fashion was Mari and then the loafer she had on the whole movie. I said, girl, please. Uh, wait, wait Mari year. or Margie? Mari and Margie. I forgot <laughs> they both had them little penny loafer uh, pepper separate. It's terrible. Uh, best hair or no Not worst pepper hair. Steppers. <laughs> the worst hair. I'm sorry, Mikey, from stepsister from Planet Weird. I don't know what they did, what they didn't do, but it was unfortunate. Oh man, good times. I know we're gonna have some more stuff to add the closer we get into the 2000s. What a ride. Okay, um, best worst music, and I have to confess, I actually did not understand this category, but I did not ask you all what it meant, so I just wrote some stuff. <laughs> Andrea, take it away. <laughs> best music, color of friendship, all the good oldies, and I liked the practice moment music, uh, sha la la la, sha la la la, in motocross, and in general, I enjoy a good alternative, you know, light rock moment. And uh, the music was bad in general, this movie. I mean, the other me literally sounded like Halloween Town. They just had the standard dude in the back put together some sounds for a lot of this stuff. Okay, at one point, I wrote down Xenon and Nebula. I have no idea where I was going with that. So maybe someone else remembers some music in there that might have stood out to me. My final answer is going to be Color of Friendship because of Earth, Wind, and Fire. And then... Whatever Tosh was playing with the band in the poof point is going to be the worst for me. <laughs> Again, I'm not sure if I'm answering the question right, but that's those are my those are my final. I feel like those were correct answers. I feel yeah. Like okay. That's, that's what I got. The the urban the urban whammies or whatever they were supposed to be. Slugs. The urban slugs. Not the urban whammies, girl. What is it? <laughs> the shamwows. I agree. The best music definitely is sports montages. Andrea already gave us a snippet because, you know, our girl sings. Okay, if you listen to our Encanto episode, you know about her talents and championships. Um, So, yeah, Rip Girls. I like the music. I don't remember. I could not find the name of the song that I liked, but there was one song. Jet Jackson, of course, because, I mean, the theme song is everything. That one song they played three times. Girl, it's not what you think. When you see him roll in the limo down the street. Okay, anyway, a word, a word. Uh, Xenon, again, I mean, I don't, if you asked me to sing the end song right now, I could not because it's not memorable, but I liked it at the time. And then I'll give the dance scenes and the other me an honorable mention because back in the day, you know, NSYNC, Aaron Carter, you know, and then the worst music. <laughs> I agree with you y'alls. And then the rockabilly in uh, Mom's Got a Day, I said, girl, it's okay. And then all of the after-school special music they put on when there was a special moment. There's a spotlight <laughs> in your eyes and it's got me hypnotized. Oh, boo. <laughs> do-do-do. Do-do-do. 
Okay, cringiest cringe moments. What in 2001 wasn't cringe, but I guess the most cringe of the cringe? All of the color of friendship and Meryl Colleen, too. Didn't need to watch him. Horrible. Well, color of friendship was horrible. That's the whole thing. Anyway, the look of the Irish was also all bad. And the parents of Rip Girls were cringy because they were stealing this young, not white person's heritage from her. Agreed. I just put luck of the Irish. The whole movie can go in in the trash. I think any time where a character acted their lines a little bit in a way that was just like, is this what the character is supposed to be? Or are you just making it creepy? Um, That's going to be a cringe for me. And I'll never know if this was intentional or that's just the acting choice of that particular person. Okay, we need to make that a category next season because this season there were some choices being made. And as soon as you said that, Brittany, I kept thinking about the little brother in Ultimate Christmas Present because he was on another plane. Um, oh, you know what? That brings me back. Sidebar. That brings me back. Memorable characters. Um, we said Cutter, but Duffy. Okay, I'm never not going to think about how Duffy delivered his lines. He was... Oh, because yeah. that, that's Craig, isn't it? Yeah. Because now I'm watching Degrassi. I'm like, oh, that's Duffy. He was <laughs> in another dimension, that whole movie. Um, <laughs> he was in another pl- uh, plane of space and time. <laughs> Girl. Uh, uh, wait, yeah. wait, hold on. I just want to mention, since you brought that up, that we saw range from him because in Quince, <laughs> he was very much not that character. <laughs> oh, uh, mm. Yeah, I'm going to bring him up in a minute. Uh, yeah, so I agree with all y'all's color friendship, motocross, uh, Rip Girls, just a lot in there. Stealing heritage, being awful to your daughter, et cetera, et cetera. Um, threatening to sell the land after they argue. Sydney, I said, girl, you, you're acting out. Um, the ending of Miracle Lane in Lane 2. And Andre, to your point, it's like the movie wasn't really made for us, so I don't, you know... But I just feel like there had to be a better way. Uh, Luck of the Irish, all of it. And then Poof Point, just several moments where it got creepy. And then also the eviction. Oh, yeah, you're right about the Poof Point. Yes, that that was a rough movie. Okay, who's the best best friend slash sidekick? I said Gia from Rip Girls. Chucky from The Other Me, even though Will didn't deserve him. And Russell, only because he had that one line um, in the car. Well, at least they got paid when Bonnie was trying to talk about it being America is great or whatever. I feel like it was slim pickings in these streets. The only person that put on here was Randy. I couldn't even remember really a good best friend. It was rough. It was hard. I couldn't I couldn't figure it out. So uh, Randy question mark is what I have for now. I think that's appropriate. Um, I was gonna put Chucky, but he missed his friend getting kidnapped twice. And I said, but girl, you were three feet away. Um, <laughs> uh, I agree about Gia. Uh, I agree about Russell for that exact reason. It was giving very much X-Men first class. And if you know, you know. And then I said JB because he, you know, I know that Jay Jackson, the movie is a continuation of a series and you kind of need to have that background information, but he was a good friend. He was like, look, if you don't want to act anymore, cool. You know, don't listen to the haters. And I said, thank you. Then he rolled through the window and I said, that was a terrible decision. But also I would say Brad, who we just got through talking about, uh, because he was trying to tell Jamie 
he was trying to get her to see how annoying she was being through the whole movie. And that's a friend. Is that Quince? Yeah. Oh, okay. These names, man. All right. Favorite quotes, slang, phrases? Uh, not a lot, but Xenon was still good. It wasn't as good as the first season, but they had some things. And something I remember was from Hatch to Dispatch. I've been talking about being best friends. Um, and then Piper's whole going off on Mari uh, and the color of friendship when they were having that fight. I think Brittany talked about this in the, in the episode, but Piper just had, had her moments. She was on fire. Mari wasn't ready. Mari, whatever. I picked Xenon. Also, I wrote down, will you ice? Because I thought that was fun. And then you're in comprehension mode minor. I will say that to somebody someday. Please do. And let us know what happens. Because that's applicable to many situations I find myself in. Um, I agree with y'all on the Xenon. Yes, Piper let her have it. And she needed to. And I hate that she didn't internalize any of it. She just went on with her life and said, hey, I'm here's the bird. Um, oh, man. I don't, I'm surprised the bird didn't come up. In our <laughs> Worst metaphor. Um, so beyond that, anything Cutter said was funny to me. Um, the conversation in the other me about not having a father. I said, girl, y'all are wilding on this. Uh, everything Ken said. And they said they had the line about the cool cats and the hot dog. There are two black boys being friends. I said, oh, I have touched. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, one of my favorite quotes from our episodes was Andrea saying granddog. <laughs> because that sent me every time you did that. Um, and then every time Brad went off on Jamie and Quince. And then the grandpa, again, and up, up, and away, talking about how um, he was the man of steel, or Superman stole from him. And then his whole thing about being the steel condor. That was funny. Okay. Favorite title card, opening sequence, and or ending? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. But the ending of Alley Cat Strike and Motocross were okay. They're actually good. I like those endings. But the, the opening title, nothing. I cannot remember the title cards. I don't think that's something I actively pay attention to, so I have no answer for that. Chad Jackson was cool. Watching the intro, it was fun. It was nostalgic. It was exciting. It was like, ooh, what's happening? Um, up, up, and away is just because it's my favorite movie out of this whole season. So in terms of title cards are often the best thing about the movies this season. Uh, my favorite title card was definitely Jet Jackson. That opening sequence blew everything else out the water, I feel like, uh, with the action. It pulled you back into the world. They had an exp- a real explosion. He was somersaulting. I said, yes, you better be our superhero uh, spy. And then the end of, yeah, Alicast Strike. Because everything else was a fade to black, a freeze frame. At least they were having fun and doing something. And that's the most memorable one for me. Oh, there's entirely too many freeze frames. Okay. Favorite nostalgic moments or just any favorite moments from this year? What what did you squeeze? Out of our movie? A few. So few. Um, the family stuff in Up, Up, and Away uh, that reminded me of being a kid at the time. The theater stuff in The Phantom because I really liked going to the movies back then and they really like showed going to the theater. Um, the bowling, again, very nostalgic because that's all we did, movies and bowling. Jet! <laughs> I capitalized that. 
And then motocross. Motocross was one of my favorite movies growing up, and it was still really good. So watching that again was fun, even though as an adult, it presented some other issues. It was still a good movie. Yeah, I co-signed the movies and the bowling. Um, it really, we were really all bowling or watching movies or going skating. And that was like the extent of our, it's really all you can really do. But it was fun to see so much happen in a theater and it felt like, oh yeah, I know what that was like. Uh, the, the references to the computer stuff that would come up and the fact that we are now on CD-ROMs instead of floppy disks, it was cool to see the transition. The sing a song and color of friendship um, and the dancing in the mall was nostalgic because that's one of the scenes I remembered the most, even though, you know, I'm not here for Mari and her nonsense. But that was a nice moment because I remembered that very clearly as a kid. I agree. I'll, I'll add on to that because, yeah, that was one of my favorite scenes back in the day. And watching it again, I was like, oh, this is not as fun as I remember. Um, I agree with y'all on the bowling um the theater stuff um just seeing the family and up up in a way and being like oh i remember watching this the, for the first time and seeing like oh it's a black family and they're superheroes what um going back to the space day and xenon even though that lasted for about three seconds uh and then when the actual movie started i said oh it's going downhill um the music here and there and then you know the the old uh jams and yeah everything in jet jackson was nostalgia for me yay okay these are our awards for season two now there are some among us who may have extra commentary or amendments to previous things shared in past episodes so i'll let them have the floor the shade of it all (laughs) the shadia of it all oh oh it's lovely um okay so Alley Cat Strike was two hours and like 10 minutes long. And like, I, and I get why like Xenon was long or Motocross was long. Why Alley Cat Strike was long, I could not tell you. And I've listened to that episode three times and I've broken it down and still could not tell you why that episode was so long. But it's still one of my favorites. So go check it out. For The Color of Friendship, there were, I think this was bothering me at the time and I didn't see this in the actual movie, but the magical. This is coined by Brittany, the magical United States thing kind of breaks down if the racist people in a racist country send their kids to another country, they're going to they're not going to send their country, send their kids to a country that doesn't justify their ideals. And so they wouldn't have sent would not have sent her to America if they thought America was any different than South Africa. And that breaks down this whole idea that America is magical and racism was gone, which was what they were trying to sell us, which was was false. Um, and then I don't remember saying this, but apparently I did, according to Jasmine. How did it make Quince look like an insightful piece of cinema? And I feel that. <laughs> I feel that still. <laughs> um, and then I just wanted to mention, if you're wondering why Ready to Run didn't make it, it's because it's the very first um, episode we recorded. It's and it got, lost. It, it got lost. It got lost. And um, we did not elect to re- watch this movie. So you can uh, take from that what you will. Ready to Run was 2001. It was 2000 or 2001. Oh, oops. Well, that was our been. sacrifice, our practice, um, how to record a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, girl. Honestly, thinking back, it probably would have been one of the better movies. Honestly. Exactly. 
Exactly. Unfortunately. Our expectations were too high back then. Um, sorry, mm-hmm. Thunder Jam. Uh, and Andrew, you had one up top. Yeah, I, I said this earlier. It's just that Disney got oh, cocky okay. in the 90s. Okay. Um, well, if if this season made you miss the 13th year, then I think everyone should know <laughs> exactly how we felt about this. Um, oh, I didn't say that. You're right. Yeah, the season made me miss the 13th year. I like I think about the 13th year with with like, oh, that was those were good times. And that's sad. <laughs> right. <laughs> we didn't know. Because even OK, I thought speaking of Hounded, I thought that nothing could be worse than you lucky dog. I thought we had really hit the bottom of the bottomless pit. And then I saw that and I said, what Preach. is up with these movies with dogs and being terrible? I just, so that, that became my, my um, yardstick for, for measuring. Was this worse or a little how, bit better? How, how did how did worse? No, I mean like how I, I don't think it was now. worse. Oh, okay. No, I'm not asking. I'm saying like, if I'm rating a movie, it's like, was this better or worse than Hounded? <laughs> Uh, and that's it where I go. The scale changed. It changed it. It's not you lucky dog anymore. Statistics. We are a sophisticated podcast that lays out numbers for you. Um, people who appreciate things in numbers like I do. So we have a dead parent count. It was less this season. It was only 30%, which is interesting because that was something we complained about last season. And this season being far worse, you would think that would happen more, but it did not. Um, and then average ratings, you guys just want to say yours. Mine was 2.58 for the whole season compared to like 3.5 from last season. So, oof, mine is 2.24 apparently. And I think it's no surprise. Mine is the lowest at 2.09. Yeah. And I'm still the highest, which maybe I just give a little bit more grace to storylines or so Jasmine's agree with me. (laughs) Okay. The next thing. Is Jasmine and I um, would like to change ratings for for things. Brittany says she's not amending anything. She said what she said. Mike dropped. She's done. Um, I was thinking long and hard about Stepsister from Planet Weird, and I gave it a three originally, and I feel like that's too generous because I also gave Xenon and the Zequel a three, and that was way better than Stepsister from Planet Weird. So I like to change my rating from a three to a two. And I would like to in light of the other films that came after i don't remember why i honestly don't know the impetus for this but i wrote it a while ago and i wanted to change the other me from 2.05 to 1.79 but i cannot give you an explanation and girl (laughs) you gave me the point uh 2.5 yeah (laughs) so precise i love it i don't know it's great. It's perfect. All right. With those changes, it doesn't really change the average too much. But let's, uh... So Jasmine's new average is 2.09. <laughs> Just doesn't change anything. And mine is 2.53. All right. So with that, let's get into a little bit of next season. So what movies are y'all looking forward to? In season three, I know we're afraid to say we don't want to jinx it, but let's let's go ahead anyway. Get a clue, and I only I don't really remember what that was about. I just remember thinking the boy was cute, so we'll see. I don't know about that one, and then Cheetah Girls, and then you know obviously Cheetah Girls. I'm excited because that one is a classic. Yes, because we are sisters, we stand together. 
I still remember the dance moves. I was also the Cheetah Girls for Halloween like six years ago. So it will always be a classic. I love Get a Clue because Lindsay Lohan, she cannot miss in that era that she was in at that time. Um, get a, Cadet Kelly is on there. I love Cadet Kelly. I remembered loving that. I'm the only one that's going to say Stuck in the Suburbs. But I do love that movie, and I do think it holds up because I actually watched it when I first got Disney+. Plus. And I just like, it's fun. The soundtrack is fun. The dance, the songs, it's got Brenda's song again. I love to bring the song. And it's got the little, close your eyes, make a wish, just believe you can't miss. Gotta have faith in you. You guys don't remember that, but because I love that movie. You'll see when it comes up. Jordan Cahill. Mm-hmm. Will we? You will, because you have okay. to for the podcast. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm going to watch it, but we'll see, girl. But yes, you are the only one who will put that on. Um, I know it's some viewers someone. out there. Somebody <laughs> out there who also likes that movie, please re- review us or something. Send me a message. Can't be alone out here. <laughs> Reach out. Isn't that what you said last season to people who lived in Utah? <laughs> oh, I did. And, black, and, um, pe- black people in Utah. The way that nobody did reached out to me, so I just have to guess that they're not in Utah or they're not listening or they've just listened and decided they didn't want to. Oh, so I can't. That still it still stands. My offer still stands. That goes on my quotes list. Um, definitely Cadet Kelly. I think as an adult, I'm probably going to read into it way more than necessary, but we'll see what happens with that story. Get a clue. I. 100%. I know I'm going to give it a five. That's my prediction because that used to be my movie. Okay. I'm at least oh. going to give it a four. I'm at least going to give it a 4.5, but I think it's going to be a five for me. Uh, like Cheetah Girls will be a 10. That is going to be a four hour dissertation on the legendary no. status of this, no. <laughs> of these songs, the, choreo, four hours. the group. Okay. <laughs> so good. The legacy. It'll be I it'll be, be four parts. It's gonna be a four part series, okay? Uh, and then, <laughs> yes, to do what? Be free. Free, okay. <laughs> you gotta do the breakdown. Uh, and then Xenon Z three, because I said I was gonna give that a one point two, and I'm excited to see what my because girl, we have gone from saving the space day to now it's gonna be a moon goddess. I said, girl, <laughs> this is gonna be ridiculous for no reason. All right, so. With that, what movies are we not looking forward to? Everything else. All right. Uh, Double teamed, because I thought that was boring. Going to the mat, I don't know what that is. Full Court Miracle, also don't know what that is, but I thought we were skipping it. Uh, But apparently we are not. And I think it has to do with, like, this black basketball coach and Jewish people and racism. So, meh. Well, we'll see. We can always make the executive decision not to miss season. So look, if that's your movie, don't don't bet on it, uh, as Zach would say. Uh, it may or may not happen in this season. And yeah, the same ones. Double team, I remember being like, oh, okay, that's inspirational. But I wasn't interested. So we'll see if I like it as an adult. So I don't know. Well, that wraps up our season two recap. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else that podcasts are published. 
If you want us to dissect one of your favorite childhood movies, email us at inhindsightpod at gmail.com or slide in our DMs on Twitter at n underscore hindsight pod or on Instagram at n underscore hindsight underscore pod. And all of that will be in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you soon for season three.